Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Thursday, April 28th. I'm so glad you could join us today. I'm Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And as always on Thursday, it is our guest day. We do deviate from that sometimes, but uh, this week it is a guest. We have a, a great guest uh, from the Dominican Republic. And uh, I'm so glad for those listeners up in Virginia Beach and out in um, Mississippi listening on WMER and those listening through the internet, whether you're out West in Idaho or over in England, I know we've gotten emails from there. I appreciate you guys listening. I think you're going to be encouraged today and also maybe challenged to pray and participate in this ministry that our guest Allison is involved with. Our guest is Allison Hale. And, uh, she is not only a MK, a missionary kid, she's a PK, a preacher's kid, and uh, she is uh, serving now with her husband down in the city of San Pedro uh, in the Dominican Republic. And Allison, welcome to SWAT Radio. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad you can join us today. So you grew up as a MK and a PK. Did you rebel and go away from the Lord? <laughs> because I, I, <laughs> yeah, I actually did. Um, and and it's, it's interesting because my, my parents were so gracious to just that I understood the, the loving father, what it is to have a loving group, loving parents and loving father um, because of that, because there was the constant rebellion. And well, I said that jokingly. Almost, no, that yeah, in, I jumped right in and almost caught maybe a, almost rebellion or you you know uh that was just my personality and um but i can understand now what a loving father is because of those loving parents that i had early on well your your dad had a good name doug yeah he did yeah <laughs> like, exactly uh, yeah anyway he and he was a a minister here in jacksonville yeah, he right was. yeah a long time ago um i was actually born here in jacksonville and uh, we moved away when i was two but we still had um wonderful family and friends that we would come back and visit, you know, throughout our throughout our time. And he was a missionary in the Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. and uh, you went there as a teenager, and then would go back when oh. you were in college and mm-hmm. and and serve there. And then you met your husband Gary, right? Oh, right. Yeah, I met him on a missions trip. Actually, one of those times where I was spending time in the summer traveling, um, just helping other missions trips. I would translate. Uh, and, and as this was how I kind of put myself through college by translating for missions trips. And I actually translated for him on a baseball trip. And, um, and two months later we were engaged and the rest is history. And you said a baseball trip. Mm -hmm. Was he a baseball player? He was a baseball player. He thinks he still is, but (laughs) you know, um, no, he, he was a baseball player and enjoyed the game and loved the game and loved teaching the game. So he had a lot of, he was a really good, uh, coach and skills coach and he could break those break those skills down and and uh, so my my dad was really interested in okay what does this kid think he can teach Dominicans because if you know the Dominican that is baseball yeah mecca it is um, but he came down and just really broke those skills down and 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 taught you know taught baseball and that's the first time he had ever been able to use baseball to to win 
kids to the Lord. And so that was his first foray into missions. And he, and your dad was a chaplain for yeah. some of the mm-hmm. professional sports teams yeah. down there, right? We, we enjoyed, we would go, and that's my dad and I bonded over baseball. We would sit and call the pitches and, you know, and then he would go and spend time with uh, with the American players that would come down for Winter League. And, uh, and we would have them in our homes, and he would just spend time with them in discipleship and Bible study um, because a lot of the American baseball players were away from their families, you know, during this time and, and going through maybe – being young baseball players, they were um, they were going through some things, but my dad would uh, would spend a lot of time with them and just you know a lot of mentorship. And and a lot of people don't know that pretty good baseball players. I mean, guys that ended up going up in the National League or American League, like all the way up to uh, the pro level, um, would go down there and play in the winter when they were yeah. younger. Yeah, as younger players, they would either they were getting over um, an injury if they were early in, and they were you know kind of getting back into. Uh, recovering from an injury, they would spend time in Winter League. And so we have about six teams in the Dominican all over the country. And win- Winter League baseball is big down there. And so we would always see um, a lot of American players, a lot of Venezuelan players would come over to the Dominican and play some just some good baseball. Yes, it, it, it was. Well, um, you and your husband uh, went down there and uh, planted a church mm-hmm. just doing ministry, and God opened up another ministry uh, to you down there, to women of the street, pretty right. much women that were involved in prostitution and and stuff. And uh, did you see that when you were going down there as as being a ministry? Did you have an idea that that was going to happen? That actually was never on our. That wasn't on my radar. My my passion was discipleship, specifically discipleship toward you know for women. And the first two women that were saved in our church. I just began discipling them, and then their aunt would get saved or a cousin or a, a neighbor, and so it was every week. And then they were discipled, and so then they started, you know, it, discipleship is a multiplication process. You could call it the best pyramid scheme, uh, multi-level marketing, if you will. Um, but about five or six years into it, one of the women that I was discipling introduced me to her neighbor. She wanted me to visit and, and uh, share the gospel, and her neighbor was on, and I'm in quote this, uh, she was on maternity leave from a brothel. And that, as a church lady, I, that was the first time I had ever been face-to-face with a woman who had been trafficked, a woman who had been exploited sexually. And once you are face-to-face with that problem, you can't look away, and you can't get away from it. And then it just kind of opened our eyes. But thankfully, because of that foundation of discipleship, I, it wasn't just the little American missionary running down the streets by herself. I had an army of Dominican women alongside me that we could um, – take the Bible and take, you know, Christ's love out to the streets and spend time with these women and hear their stories. Yeah. And, uh, and so as you began doing that, um, what did you see God doing among those women down there? It was the first thing that God, when you're, when you're spending time with, with somebody and sharing Christ's love with them, I think you become more aware of Christ's love in your own heart and in your own life. And you also become more aware of Christ's mercy and uh, that's one of the main reasons I named our, our ministry Mercy. But hearing their stories and understanding um, that he's made all of us for a purpose, he loves all of us um, equally, and, uh, and we wanted to be able to share his love with them. And I think the first thing, when we started seeing women come to know the Lord and come into our church, and the, one of the first questions is, when she comes into church, people want her to be pointed out because they want to who you know who is this new person and and I'm like we're all equal um, at the foot of the cross and so I think that just deepened my faith and deepened my understanding in his sacrifice for us. But then I was able to share 
with these women, they don't, a lot of them, because of their family situation, do not understand what it is to have a loving father. Good, good father makes absolutely no sense to them. Um, And when I saw that they, because they're trying to feed their families, they're out on the streets trying to feed their families, understanding that they have to, they have to make enough money selling their bodies to feed their families the next day. I was able to connect their skinny skin and bones. I've, I've spent my whole body trying to feed my child. And their children are fat and chubby and beautiful, but they, their, their body is wasted away. And I was actually able to communicate Christ's sacrifice on the cross, his broken body for us, and they actually understand what it's like to for your body to be broken for your child. And so that was the way I could connect the gospel to, to what they're dealing with. And so God began to continually open this, and I'm sure as a lot of ministry happens, word begins to spread, hey, there's this church, there's these people, and because those women talk, too right yeah i mean there's a communication network right among those Mm -hmm. women they've known each other they're out there in the same places Mm -hmm. um and did you find yourself a little overwhelmed at first or was it just something that god continued to give you the the people resources to help all these women that's that's a good question i think when we first started we're faced with this issue and understanding that we had to do something um and this is not like me at all i'm normally a jump in uh, head first type of a person, but I did after reading the book of Nehemiah, I did just take that principle of seeing the need, hearing the need, crying over the need, and then just praying. And I didn't mention that. I didn't mention um, the ministry to anybody for four months um, because I wanted to just pray. And then God started through those um, through that time of just prayer. God started connecting me with um, wonderful mentors. Um, and these wonderful conversations that could say, okay, here's the type of, here's the type of, uh, of business that you can do, or here's the type of sustainability principle that you can, that you can do to, to support these women. And so, well, I, I, I just have seen before when you find a significant need mm-hmm. for mercy, Yeah, just to use the, your word earlier. And it is, it's a need for mercy, yeah. a need for hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and you meet that need word will begin to spread and people it can be overwhelming Mm -hmm. because there's the needs that are go along with helping that person not be in that trapped lifestyle Mm -hmm. you can't just say okay we want to help you and good luck right no and then that and the bible said the bible is also uh very clear on that point but what what i had initially thought and we had prayed we were like lord give us we're ready for 10 women we're ready for 10 women. We can help, we can help 10 women this first time or this first, you know, process. And, uh, instead of the Lord sending us 10 women, he sent us one woman with 10 problems. And so, <laughs> there you go. And so we were like, okay, we knew we were going to have, you know, these issues. And so we had most of those issues, you know, exhibited in one person. And so I do believe that, you know, the Lord has grown it slowly. Um, we're out on the streets twice a week. Uh, spending time with these women, and they're all in their in different stages of of rescue. Some of them just show up to the church, or some of them just show up to the workshop randomly, just for some help for that day. And my mentor in ministry early on um, shared with me: if you sit down and give a woman the Word of God and give her food and drink for that, just for that day, then you've helped. 
Yeah, and I think that goes for men too. Mm-hmm. If if you just whoever the need is, if you can just get them through the day. Right. It, it, we don't have to fix everything right yeah. away. Yeah. Well, listen, we're going to go to our first break. We're going to be back. You're listening to Allison Hale, who is a missionary with her husband Gary down in the Dominican Republic. She's talking about her ministry of mercy down there. And when we're going to come back, we're going to tell how you can get involved, some things that you can do, and hear further about this incredible ministry to the vulnerable women down in the Dominican Republic. You're listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back after this break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free. Hey, this is Doug McCary. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Austin French with Freedom Hymn. What an appropriate song, man, Freedom. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, that's one thing that's so sad. I was sharing with you before the program about Megan Connors, who uh, the Chosen live stream the other night, they, they, they kind of highlighted her testimony. And I think it's one of the first times I've ever heard somebody who was trafficked and abused from such a young age mm-hmm. share really their heart about what they felt. No hope. Yeah. Why am I here? Um, hopelessness trapped in it. Um, and she's here in America and this problem of trafficking and you and I were speaking a little bit about it. I, I want you to kind of go into what we were talking about because there's a perception there is, well, women that are doing this to make money for drugs or make they're choosing to do it mm-hmm. yeah that's a prevalent mindset in a lot of people out there it is and it's an unfortunate mindset because when we when we look at the women that we serve and look at so many women who have been exploited in the sex trade there's a difference between having a choice and making choices and most of the women on the state side and internationally most of the women that have been in this situation didn't have a choice and don't have a choice. Their, their vulnerability was exploited in some way. And the vulnerability could be anything from poverty. It could be anything from a broken home. It could be somebody who was, so, was vulnerable and tricked into 
Um, and so trafficking doesn't just look like somebody who's kidnapped and yanked out of their home and taken overseas. Trafficking happens, and the women that we serve, they're on the streets as, yeah, may, it might be their choice, but that's the only choice they had. So when that's the only choice that you have to feed your family, that's no longer that's no that's no longer a, a choice. But many of them were set on that path as a young teenager, 12, 13, 14 years old. They were exploited or pimped out by a family member, by a friend, by an older cousin. Somebody profited from selling them to somebody else. And, um, and in the case in the Dominican Republic, um, the poverty mixed with tourism, mixed with a natural disaster here and there, is going to create this Bermuda Triangle of, of a huge vulnerability that's going to create v- victims of trafficking. What you're seeing in the Ukraine right now as, mo- as fast as people are mobilizing into the country um, to help with aid, the traffickers are even faster. They are, and they are exploiting mm-hmm. the 4 million refugees right. and those children. Many of them are going and getting separated, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they're pimped out. Or yeah. they're, and, and then once that happens, it's like that in that uh, video of that young lady, Megan Connors, um, she... She didn't have a choice. And then she ends up working in places mm-hmm. that there are controllers. Yeah. And, and you start having to give them a portion of your mm-hmm. money. And when you don't want to do it anymore, they will beat you to yeah. keep you in there. Yeah. Does that happen down there, too? It does. And surprisingly, <clears throat> and it happens, and I was speaking with um, a friend, a new friend uh, from Hadassah's Hope yesterday, Tammy. I was We were speaking about the situation many of the times, the pimps or the controllers were are actually boyfriends um what they consider somebody who they think loves them but just needs them to bring them money but that's that's trafficking mm-hmm. um and they feel like it's hard for them to identify wow i you know my boy but we we will walk up and down the streets in san pedro and look across the street and we'll see the guys just kind of watching and we know that our women feel um pressured to find to find a client that night pressured to find you know to make quick money because part of that money goes to and it's who they call their boyfriend um they they don't want to admit that it's not a boyfriend situation it's a it's a it's a controller situation but it's hard for them to self-identify then getting them through that trauma is is difficult but getting them to the other side of that um is beautiful well what what struck me about uh, megan's conversation and her story was that I'd never thought of that I'm sure you encounter is that they, they don't want to trade one controller for another one in God or Jesus and the kind of God or Jesus they hear about a lot of times is a controller. That's their fear. Yeah. And so helping them understand the mercy, Mm -hmm. they've never experienced mercy in their life. Right. That's a concept. That's not, it's, it's definitely a concept that they, they have to learn and where are they going to learn it from if they've never seen it in their own lives? And so many of us take for granted that what we, you know, a loving family or a, or a, a trusted friend that's going to always forgive us if we mess up or um, they've never seen that. They've never encountered that. And so they don't exhibit that in others, um, but they don't exhibit that to their self, themselves as well. And so one of the things that we have to do is, and I've talked to so many different safe houses and rescue homes that that they make 
the structure is not as structured as what you would think because they don't want to re-traumatize. And, and, and they're just, uh, a lot of the victims are like, well, I, I was controlled by my pimp. Now I'm being controlled by this safe house director. And it was re-traumatizing. And so a lot of us get together and we sit down and talk about, okay, how can we have a, struct- a healing structure that, is, that exhibits mercy, that exhibits grace, um, when needed, but also is is not so permissive that anything goes. It's and a it's, very fine line. It is a very fine line, and uh, we're thankful for the Holy Spirit's guidance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're thankful, for it, but that does happen. You know, they don't want to trade one for the other, and a lot of times it's the better the devil they know than the devil they don't know. Yeah, and uh, that's what they're. That's what we have to understand that we're dealing with. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I I gathered from when they were talking about that young lady too. So I imagine there's a lot of crossover, and I did think. It's interesting that this happened. Yeah, like uh, Jeff Dalrymple, who's a friend of ours, he's been on the program before. He uh, he connected us, and this just happened to be the week mm. that you were going to be here. And I just happened to see that on Sunday night, and it was so disturbing to me right. personally yeah. uh, and to my wife that I thought it, it just really kind of got my spidey senses ready right. for today. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell people one way they can get involved with what you're doing is to go to mercyjewelry.org. That's M-E-R-C-Y, Mercy Jewelry, J-E-W-E-L-R-Y.org. And you can go there and order jewelry because one of the ways that that, that uh, Allison and her team is helping these women is they've got them kind of refocused from the street mm-hmm to making jewelry and we can support them by buying this jewelry mother's day's coming up right. you can get your mom some jewelry mm-hmm. uh get your grandmom some jewelry and uh and do they ship it everywhere like we in- do we're thankful for we have several volunteers um throughout the south that are our distribution centers and so one of the ways you can help is ordering from mercyjewelry.org i think we're running a sale um through this weekend uh for mother's day and it'll ship. It'll ship right from uh, Tennessee, so it's not going to take forever to get there. Um, but at the same time, we also another way that you can support is if your church or ministry want to host a mercy event or a mercy jewelry party. Um, it's almost not quite like a Tupperware party, but it's similar. Yeah. We'll send you a little bit of that. We'll send you some information. We'll send you a video. It is and, not uh, a multi-level it marketing. It is not a multi-level <laughs> this, marketing. This, this, is, this is just, they, they're not going to hire you to be an no. ongoing distributor. No. They're just, you're having a party mm-hmm. and the proceeds go to help these women. They do. And you can say, hey, I want to do a party on April whatever, April 3rd, and we'll send you a box of jewelry. Whatever you don't sell, you ship it back to us in Georgia and uh, and that's another way that and that information is also on mercyjewelry.org if you want to host host an event for your church or a women's event. Um, and so that's been we've our ministry has been almost up until this past year we've been 100 percent self uh, sustained by jewelry sales alone. We're thankful for that and and we're getting into fundraising and and donor um, donor acquisition right you know now in this in this new year. Well, well, I think it's great that you are repurposing these or letting them uh, get value, not from their bodies Mm -hmm. being used and abused, but from going in and actually working and making things. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I'm sure that has to be, you know, for them, a new experience. It's very therapeutic if they can look at something that they're learning how to make. 
Um, and just the rep- repetition of putting beads on a string is very therapeutic. But then we, we scroll through Facebook, and I'm a, I'm a Facebook troll, <laughs> just looking through the pictures. And I see people wearing Mercy jewelry all the time. And I can I can po- I can show that picture to the woman who made it. And I'm like, see what you're doing is is dignified. It's dignified. It's so good that people are actually wearing it and taking a picture of it. You know, and uh, and that just again that pours dignity into their life and heart. Well, and um, you know, we didn't say this earlier. You, you you got information on your website, but I didn't realize that the Dominican Re- Republic is fourth in the world in the sex tourism yes. trafficking. I mean that that's that's huge. Yes, yeah, and it's been it's been that it's been there for a long time because of most of the up until when we first started the ministry, most of our client most of the clients of sex tourism were European. Mm-hmm. They're now more um, there are more Americans um, uh, sex tourists um, that are coming down, and there are hotels that that actually provide the package deal uh, of a hotel, a girl, a, a whatever. And it's um, it's unfortunate, but that's that's one of the things that the Dominican Republic has been has been known for is the sex tourism, and um, and we're just we're a we're a small organization on the east side of the island that's doing what we can um, to to rescue the women mm-hmm. in our area. I think it's it's phenomenal. Again, that website is uh, org, and there's lots of information on the site about how you can help. And um, we're we're about to go to our news break. We got a break for the news on the half hour. But you have a project called the Paloma Project. I'd like you to share with our listeners, and then uh, kind of tell them how they can get involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you're listening to Allison Hale Mercy Workshop. Uh, uh, and I love on the website it says, "I didn't find mercy; mercy found me." Mm-hmm. Uh, these women weren't coming to you. You no. went out to the streets, and I. It just reminded me of Matthew twenty-five, when um, God tells that you know, hey, uh, I was hungry, you gave mm-hmm. me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you helped me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And you can very well say I was a victim, mm-hmm. and you cared, and you rescued me. And uh, he is the great rescuer. I'm, I'm grateful that you and your husband are down there. Y'all are doing what you're doing. Uh, when we come back, she's going to tell us about the Paloma Project. You're listening to SWAT Radio. I have Allison Hale. Again, that website is mercyjewelry.org. Get some jewelry for your mom, your grandmom, and uh, it's a great thing to support them. And uh, if you got daughters, buy your daughter's jewelry. Just go all out. Support these women, especially... Uh, because it's helping these women uh, get off the street and, and and really come back to a life of dignity. So we're going to be right back after the news. Thank you, Allison, for being here, and uh, we'll be right back on SWAT Radio. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. That's Zach Williams. I love that song. It just he's a chain breaker. Exactly. He's a chain breaker. And these women are in chains down there and all over the world. These women who are caught in a life of um, trafficking. Just uh, one of the things you sent me is desperate for diapers for her baby. She's forced to the street at night where she and another girl agree to have sex with a foreigner for eight pounds each. Is that what it says? It's like 16 bucks. Yeah. And that's in the tourist area. And that's what we tell, that's what we tell a lot of people don't understand that that's the tourist area. And so that's actually quite expensive compared to some of the places that we go. Um, I had a woman uh, come out of a brothel. She knew I was around. So she called my name out from out from the brothel and uh, she pressed 10 pesos in my hand and said, that's my tithe. Take it to church and pray for me. Oh, my God. And gosh. 10 pe- and that's the, she said tithe. That came out of her mouth. And I prayed for her right there. I told her about Mercy Workshop. And, uh, and then I took her 10 pesos. But understanding that what she had just done, that wasn't, it was the price of a beer. And uh, her body wasn't worth a beer, and that's what. But she wanted to give me that ten pesos, um, and I took it to the. And she she is now she has joined our program, and she um, she had four months with us. Uh, she's gone back to the streets, and but we'll we'll catch her the next time around. A lot of them have several, two or three times before they before it sticks. Um, but, but because we're mercy, they get the second, third, fourth, sixth chance. Yeah. Well, because again, um, it, it's. There's a lot of healing mm. internally that has to take place as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And there's there's complex trauma and just layers of trauma that we have to deal with. Imagine being sold at 13 or 14 years old and then imagine being so hungry that the only way you can feed your family is with the sale of your body. And so a lot of the women, they'll wait till their daughter or son sleeps at night. They'll wait till they go to sleep. They lock them in the house and they try to go out and make enough money to feed their families the next day. And so just that type of calculation in their heads, um, understanding that it's going to take however many pesos for me to be able to feed my children the next day. And that's where we find them out on the streets. And then um, at the workshop, what you do is you basically teach them how to make jewelry. Is mm-hmm. there anything else they do or is it just, or other things? What are some other things they do? They're, they come in and they learn initially how to make very simple pieces of jewelry but at the same time, they're pulled off of their workstation. Um, they're, they're paired with a case manager. They're paired, paired with a woman from our church for discipleship or Bible study. Um, and then they're paired with me, the counselor, and the trauma-informed uh, counseling that I do with them. And so their workday is just four hours, but only two and a half hours of that is really working the other time. And then they can, if they choose, they can uh, learn how to read um, they can take online courses of anything from child care to kitchen maintenance to their so all throughout the day they're being pulled off of their um, off of their work table for class for case management for just um, let's sit and talk and unpack some some things and so um, that the whole day is just it's very holistic um, our approach to to their to their journey well um, on the website, again, the website's mercyjewelry.org, uh, J-E-W-E-L-R-Y, mercyjewelry.org. Um, there's um, the stories on there, but there's also um, a thing called the Paloma Project, a place to set her feet. And and this is a project you guys are involved in, Paloma, Spanish word for dove, right. obviously. Yeah. Um, and... Um, 
tell us a little bit about this project, what you guys want to accomplish and how it came about. Well, many of the women that we meet, they, they have a need initially a need to provide for their families and so we're basically a lot of them we can just trade their job out on the street if you will to a job at the workshop and many of them can just walk through that healing during the day but some of the women because of the complex trauma that they've dealt with or if it's a a drug situation or if their abusers are nearby they need a residential home because they're only four hours with us every day then they go back to this horrible environment in their neighborhood and Mm -hmm. so the Paloma Project is being created to help that resident to add that residential component to what we're to what we're dealing with. Some of the women need 24-hour care. Some of the women need to sit and heal and have a place like like it says to set her feet. And we named it Paloma, the very, one of the very first women we met out on outreach. Her name that was her name, Paloma. And uh, we met her, we invited her to the workshop. She never came to the workshop. We started going we kept going on outreach. We didn't see her anymore. And one day I got a phone call, and it was her. And she said, this is Paloma. I don't know if you remember me. She said, I decided to leave the streets and just come home to my mom. And and she said, my mom's a Christian. So she said she led me to the Lord. Hmm. And and she said, but I want you to know that I am. I'm sick. I'm dying. But I know that I have a place in heaven now. So she told me her whole story. Hmm. And, um, and. And so we, when we, when we thought about what to name the project, we wanted to name it after her because we know that spiritually and now physically she does have a place to set her feet. And so we wanted to name that residential component after her. And the women still talk about her. They remember her. Mm. And uh, we're, we're very thankful for that legacy that she can leave us. And so there, it's a residential component. Um, we have a house, but we're trying to raise donor support um, to sponsor the night staff, the day staff that will that will will have to have twenty four hour care. So you there. already have a house on. The, we already uh, have a house on our property. Um, we and we have day staff provided, but we need um, we're raising support um, to identify and, and to be able to pay for our night staff. And, and uh, have you got a number involved with that yet? Uh, how much that will be for night staff? It is the total budget for Paloma Project is two thousand a month, which is actually not a lot. Um, but that is, we're trying to raise 2000 a month. We're right at, um, $400 a month right now is what we've raised. So you need about so another 1600, 1600 a, month. a month. So sounds like to me, a good project for people out there. If you would like to partner with the mercy, um, um, workshop and, uh, partner with Allison Hale and her husband, Gary down there and what they're doing in the lives of these women in trafficking, uh, can they go to mercyjewelry.org for that too, or is there a different site for that? They can go to mercyjewelry.org for that, or they can go to dbmi.org. Um, DBMI stands for our mission board, Daystar Baptist Missions Incorporated. DBMI.org, and um, and just you can find the Paloma Project among that uh, among those um, missions projects there. Okay, dbmi.org. So dbmi.org uh, or you can also go to mercyjewelry.org because there's a little link for mm-hmm. it on there. And just to let you guys know um, that when you give um, $120, it gives a month of tutoring, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, and teaching women how to read. The literacy program, yes. Yes. Uh, $300, if you gave a gift, uh, and again, you can go to dbmi.org to give this or uh, the Mercy Jewelry uh, as well, uh, but you can go to dbi dbmi dot org and give three hundred dollars covers three months 
of program for mm. them yes uh when they first come in the the workshop and so that's not that much it's, it's not and it's i think those are those are numbers that a lot of people you know um can and can look at and say that's doable within my our family can do that or our our small group or our bible study it would it be a, a great, great small project. group project yeah. yeah i mean like listen for a hundred dollars a month uh you you get a case manager counseling literacy development discipleship all this stuff yeah. Uh, so this it's just a and all this stuff is available by going to dbmi.org they can go there and read about there. it right? yeah they can go there and read about it read about it um and you know or mercy like i said mercyjewelry.org either of those um will take you to that information and that's that's one of the things that we've tried to break it down into these small numbers because um anytime somebody invests in the life of a woman any time that you've invested in somebody's journey or their story, you become part of their uh, part of their story of mercy. Mm, yeah, it is. And you know, I want to remind people uh, of of uh, passage. Uh, you know, we, this program SWAT Radio SWAT stands. If you're just tuning in and you're listening, uh, that SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and it was really started because of a desire. I was on the SWAT team in the FBI. And there was a camaraderie there of mission focus that um, sometimes I feel like is lacking in the church here in this country. I just, I just, we're we're not as mission focused, I don't think, as we could be. And uh, anyway, so that was the desire. Well, as men, uh, we we want to see men following our five core values, which the first one is God's word is our authority, mm-hmm. and and second is. You know, uh, prayer, staying close to our commander, you know, and then evangelism, uh, being a witness, being an engaging witness for impact in the world. And fourth is discipleship. That's taking Christ's last command to go make disciples and making it our first priority. And then the last is uh, for us as, as men to be in community. And, you know, we started Women's SWAT. Uh, my wife teaches Women's SWAT as well uh, now. And, and I, I just think of uh, specifically First Thessalonians. It, pornography is a huge problem in our country, and it feeds, like you and I talking about, it feeds this issue. Yeah, yeah. Pornography fuels trafficking, and a lot of people think that, oh, I'm, I'm just, this is something that I just do on my own or I engage in. On if you've invested or bought pornography, you have funded traffickers, and there's no nice way to say that. Well, I, I think, you know, people ask me all the time, uh, how do you, how do you stop? I mean, how do you, how do you stop doing that? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you go to the word, the word commands us in first Thessalonians four, this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. Mm-hmm. Every woman in a pornographic film, yeah. every woman is somebody's daughter. Right. Yeah. Every woman has the image of God on her. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and as, as believers, we should care about the vulnerable. Mm-hmm. God throughout Scripture always has a heart for the vulnerable, for the orphan, for the widow, for the, the sojourner, for the alien. And these women are abused. These women are, are really treated like property. 
And this is a great ministry. And I really hope that you'll take this to heart. At the very least, pray for Allison and her team as they seek to be a light to these women in darkness. And when we come back, we're going to kind of close it up again with some opportunities for you. And if you've got any questions that you'd like to ask, you can send me a question at ask at SWATradio.com by email ask at SWATradio.com. Uh, we're not going to take any calls, but if you want to email me, ask at SWATradio.com, I'll be happy to ask Allison. We're going to be right back with our last segment with Allison Hale uh, from this Mercy Workshop Ministry in Dominican Republic. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night. Reminding hey, this is Doug McCary of SWAT Radio and His Light Ministries, and uh, so glad you're joining us on this Thursday guest day on SWAT Radio. Uh, we are uh, with Allison Hale. Allison, thank you for coming in today and and sharing with us about this. I mean, I, I was talking to you earlier about how now trafficking is kind of a, I don't want to say a trendy mm-hmm. thing in the church, but it, it is getting more attention, which it should. Mm-hmm. But we need to be, I mean, you, you guys are in this for the long haul. This is not going to be here today and, and gone tomorrow, mm-hmm. although it might go off the radar tomorrow for right. a lot of yeah. churches. For, for the church out there, who is making a lot of decisions in what they do ministry wise or for people who are giving to different things Uh, share. Can you share a couple of stories maybe of women Mm -hmm. down there that, um, that have been helped by this? Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the things that my husband, you know, came to me about two or two years ago and, and for so long, I think the church and he as a leader had allowed us, the women, to kind of just help in the ministry, and they would just cheer for us from the sidelines. Um, And then he realized, no, the church and the men in the church need to be more involved in protection as well as just being part of the healing process. And uh, and so the the church has become more involved. But I think the, the, the funniest thing 
that he did, but that one that made the most impact to these women is he decided to come upstairs to the workshop because our workshop is in a is a very large room above the church. It's a, it looks like a factory. There's there's office space and 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 workshop space. Um, but he came upstairs one Friday and said, "I want to teach the women of the workshop how to play cornhole." <laughs> and it was something that, and I didn't realize, and I don't think he realized it either, that how much the women just needed to start seeing men as instead of seeing them as abuter, abusers, exploiters clients or johns they could see them as loving brothers in christ they could see the men as just a friend and not somebody who was nervous around them and so the uh, gary my husband as well as several deacons a couple of staff members um, mixed in with all of our women and we did a cornhole tournament and uh, and that started the process of now our women when they come into church they can look men in the eye because they weren't you know that maybe the first time that they've ever interacted with a man who wasn't it wasn't transactional it was it wow, was that's, just you know that's something you don't even think about i mean like you, you but but every man that they meet yeah. really is either one controlling them and abusing them mm-hmm. or doing something that they don't really want to do but right. they have to do mm-hmm. to survive yeah. and so that's yeah. And so even even just taking and even for the men in our church, taking that nervousness away that they can approach our women and show them love and show them care and support. And uh, just like any brother in Christ uh, would do. And again, it's something that we as a church take for granted. Um, and it was it, it needed to be something. And it took it took uh, a few rounds, a few weekends of cornhole and uh, and just some um, some some connections that way. To, to break down those barriers. Uh, so now when they walk into church, they see their brothers in Christ and they see their friends uh, instead of, um, and, and so it's been a paradigm shift for our women. So that was one thing that I think surprised us all. Um, and and then, uh, you know, just some, just different stories that we've, we've encountered. One of the women has started going on outreach with us. And so she was a survivor and she, um, and for the men, the women, so many times they feel like they have to clean up their lives before they come to Christ. They feel like, um, and it's it's the woman at the well, the well situation where you know she just needs water, she just needs water, uh, and Christ has to has to really get get her down to where where she understands truly her need and that her need can only be met through Him. Because a lot of times they think that they need to clean up and organize their life, and then Christ will accept them. And uh, and so we had one woman, she wanted to go on outreach with us. She had got, she finally understood, and her testimony is amazing. She wanted to go on outreach with us. And I just said, you don't have to say anything. You just walk with me. If you recognize somebody and you want to say hi, just hug them and love on them and just see. And I, and I was pridefully saying, just see how I do it. And, um, and there was, we were at the same corner where this young woman had, had been prostituted years ago. And uh, one of the women said that exact same thing. I'm going, I need to clean up my life first, and then I'll come to mercy. And before I could get anything out of my mouth, this young woman, this new believer and the survivor, stepped in front of me and said, Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And she said, that's what, and she started preaching to, she couldn't have said it better myself. You know, I couldn't have said it better myself. She actually stood in front of me and said, here's what the Bible says, and here's what I had to come and understand. And and that was, to me, 
it was so empowering for me to be able to see, okay, now she's come full circle and she can share with others. And she's now a leader in our program and she's one of the trainers. But seeing survivor-led outreach, I think, is just, that's our next goal. And um, that's one of the things that we're, we're seeing more and more of. Well, that was a, that question I was going to ask. Are some of the survivors actually now becoming leaders in the church? Yeah. We have, uh, we have a couple of, t- we have two survivors that are leaders in Mercy they train um, in jewelry jewelry making. They also train. Uh, they give some of the classes, and one of them is actually a discipler. Um, she's being she's discipling um, somebody else, and she's on our discipleship list. And uh, and so and then a couple of others are being little by little they're being trained as leaders um, because that's that's the whole point is for us to be survivor survivor led survivor. Um, and and Dominican led as well. I still I don't want to. I'm more I'm trying to work myself out of a job here. Um, but that's one of the things that's just been very uh, gratifying and just a blessing to watch. Well, your your dad uh, was a missionary down there, and I know you went down there a lot. And one of the things I saw in making lots of trips to Russia is, you you, you know, we always have to be careful about colonialize or, or colonizing places going in there with our type of ministry and the the dominicans will probably do a good job of Mm -hmm. reaching dominicans in the way that they reach dominicans right and as you disciple them in the truths of the scripture Mm -hmm. they will culturalize those truths and then and transmit them but um you know i was talking with you earlier about ways churches up here could be involved Uh, you said that men you know, I know there's lots of churches that do mission trips in the mm-hmm. summer. Yeah. And that would be a great place to come for men and come do some building projects, right? right. We actually, we have uh, several building projects in the next year or so that we definitely need um, as Paloma develops and as other ministries in our um, in our in our ministry develops. Uh, we definitely have construction projects. We've had youth groups come down. Uh, we've had women's groups come down. And we just had a church group of, hey, we've got eight women, six men. And uh, we, we love having missions trips in the Dominican just because it's, a, it's easy to get there from, uh, from the States. It's close, um, but at the same time, it's safe. Uh, but they can they can definitely um, see they can definitely interact with with the Dominicans. Um, step in alongside what our church is already doing, and uh, and just join us uh, for a week, six days to a week, and uh, we'll we'll see, we'll show you some of the country. But you will you won't you'll come back completely changed. Well, a uh, question about groups that might come. Do the people down there speak English, or is it only Spanish? Or it's mostly Spanish. Yes, yeah. every Dominican tries to. I know yeah. a lot of them try to speak English, and they they learn a few phrases. And uh, um, but we have translators around, and some of you know some of our students from our Christian school uh, can help translate and and join us. You know, join us on a missions trip uh, as translators. But we have a lot of opportunities um, for for ministries to uh, to for for groups to to minister even in even in English. So if you're out there and you have a ladies group at your church or you gather with a women's Bible study, uh, this might be a good opportunity for you as women to go and go down there and join Allison. And Allison, what would, let's say, a group of 10 women do with you? What would you do if they came down there and gave you uh, eight days of their life? 
So what we love to do is we like to connect them um, for a morning at the workshop. But what we do is we allow them to come in and sit down in a workspace beside one of the, our survivors, and our survivor actually teaches the American visitor how to make a piece of jewelry. And that just pours a little bit of dignity into the survivor and then kind of puts the American maybe in the learning seat. But then in the afternoons, we love doing home visits with our survivors. We love doing home visits and Bible clubs outside in the neighborhood because we're trying to get the women of mercy to be connected into their community. And so this is a way that they can connect and invite the children um, into into a little Bible club. And then our visiting, our visiting uh, missions trip can do a Bible club, home visits. And then we give them a chance. We, you know, we take them around and show them a little bit of the culture. And, uh, and I always, we always do about a half of a beach day. Because uh-huh. I think that's really important. You're on a tropical island. Well, you you're, you're down there. you got to go to the you beach, right? Well, uh, you know, if you're listening out there, whether you're in Virginia, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, England, Idaho, it doesn't matter. Uh, and, you know, if your local church has a desire to go do missions somewhere, this would be a great one to go help Allison and Gary, her husband, uh, minister and get these women off the street. It is a it is a great ministry. Again, it's called Mercy Workshop. And now uh, you can go to mercyjewelry.org, buy jewelry for Mother's Day. You can support the Paloma Project. They still need $1,600 a month. You can be a monthly donor. Or you can go to dbmi.org um, and support uh, the workshop. And uh, anything else before we go? We got about a minute left. No, I mean, if your church wants to do a, a, a women's event and sell jewelry at a party, um, definitely get in touch with us on Mercy Jewelry. But more than anything, we need pray, we need your prayer support and uh, and just pray about uh, ways that you can get involved. Well, thank you, Allison, for being here on this Thursday. I know that you're going to meet with Jeff tomorrow and probably some more. When do you go back to the Dominican? I head back to the Dominican on Saturday. Okay. So I'm excited. Well, great. Well, it has it's been a great hour. I appreciate you and your ministry. Again, one last time, dbmi.org to give and partner with them or go to mercyjewelry.org and you can have a party in your city. Yeah. They will uh, sell jewelry before you can sell the jewelry there and it'll support these women. And I'll tell you, it's a great cause. So thank you, Allison. I appreciate you. you God bless you and your husband. Okay. Hey, if you want to listen to this or any past program, you can go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. You can connect with us through Facebook at SWAT Radio Talk, Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk. And uh, we're going to be back tomorrow. Me and Taylor will be kind of rounding out the week with uh, investing in future leaders. And, boy, that's what Allison's doing down in Dominican Republic. So uh, uh, I appreciate you guys praying for her. We'll see you tomorrow on SWAT Radio. Have a good evening, and God bless you. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 